As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know a game. It's a fun game. Yes, it is. But I need a playing buddy for it. Will you be my buddy, my friend? That sounds nice, a friend. My game is awesome in every way imaginable, and if we win, we can get fortunes you can't even imagine in your wildest dreams. Are you in? Yes, of course you are. Everyone who's heard about it is in. The game even has a fun name. The box game. Lovely, right? And it's in your own house, so you won't even have to travel. It's kind of a mix-up of mostly hide-and-seek and tag. I already found a seeker, so don't worry, my friend. You will be on my team. Great, right? You need a few things before you start the game. You will need a cardboard box for every room in your house. The size doesn't matter, but some will need different colours. So, I brought you some paint. It's in the attic with some boxes. I saw you already have enough, so don't worry about that. You need to paint one blue, one red, one green, and one white. You don't need to paint the other boxes. You also need a candle, preferably red, but black is also good enough. Never a white candle, because then I won't be able to play with you, and the seeker wins. You don't want him to win. Trust me. You also need to do some things before the game. This is nothing major. Just a few things you'll have to prepare so we can start smoothly. I even made a list of them for you. Number one. This is the most important thing. Consider it a rule even. So please, listen to me. You cannot eat anything with salt in it from the moment you have read this letter. If you do, he wins, even if the game hasn't started yet, and he will come collect his price. Number two. Now, onto the fun stuff. I always love this part. You first have to paint the boxes. Like I said, one needs to be blue, one red, one green and one white. I also brought you some black paint. You can doodle on them with that, but not too much. They need to mostly remain the colour you painted them. You can't doodle on the boxes that you haven't painted. Those are mine, and I would like to also decorate mine myself. 
Number three, every room needs a box in it, but you can't place them randomly. The blue box needs to be in your bedroom, the red box in your kitchen, the green box in your living room, and the white box in your bathroom. You can place the other boxes randomly in the other rooms, but be sure to place one in each room, even your storage room, attic, basement, and even your garden. Otherwise, it counts as cheating. Number four, last but not least, you have to sign this paper with a drop of your blood. I'll help remind you of this if you haven't done it before 11am. Well, now you're all set to start the game. It's going to be really exciting, but don't worry. As long as you don't forget to take a box of matches with you and light your candle before the game begins, we'll be fine. There are a few rules for during the game too, so make sure you remember them tonight, cause that's when the game starts. They are really important. You surely don't want to break any. You do not want to be a cheater. Number 1. Be ready at 11.30pm. All of the lights have to be turned off and the boxes have to be in the rooms. I know, the game starts at midnight and ends at 6am, but the seeker likes to arrive early, so I'm warning you in advance, otherwise he follows the rules to the letter, so you have nothing to worry about. Number 2. Keep a box of matches on you and light the candle at exactly 11.30pm. The candle has to be on for the whole game. Number 3. The candle will glow really bright for a moment when he arrives, and you will hear the sound of bells. That is when the game has started. Number 4. At this same moment, the boxes will have moved. Don't worry, this is normal, but they do have their own rules. I'll come back to that in a moment. Number 5. Now, rule 5, 6 and 13 will be the most important rules for the night. First of all, when the boxes have rearranged themselves, you will have to start moving from room to room. I will follow you and help, but you are ultimately the one who chooses which room we will go. The order is completely up to you, and you may even choose a room twice if you want, but you will have to have been in all rooms and your garden before 6am. Number 6. Once you're in a room, you have to stay in there for 5-10 to 10 minutes, depending on the box. Cardboard boxes have assignments in them, which you'll have to complete in the given time. Those, however, are the easy ones. I'll come back to what you have to do with the coloured boxes later. Number 7. The seeker can't get you while you're in a room within the given time limit. But when your time is up, he can come get us. He can also come get us while we're in the hallways. Number 8. This is not so much a rule as it is a helpful note. The boxes change rooms every time you leave a room. You could get only cardboard boxes the whole game. You cannot, however, get the same coloured box more than twice. You will also at least encounter coloured boxes two times, and at max, encounter them six times. Number 9. You cannot go out of your house or garden. You cannot leave the game until it is over. Number 10. Now, you will surely have questions about the coloured boxes. I'll start with the green one, because that's the easiest box. This one is about your family, friends and colleagues. Nothing too close or personal. It'll ask you a, 
would you rather question, and you will have to choose. Whichever you choose will happen, so don't make hasty decisions. Number 11. The red one is slightly trickier. It'll ask you a dare, which is different for every room. It will go against your heart's choice, but if you don't follow it, you will be stuck in the room until he gets you. Number 12. The blue box is really vague. You will get a question about dreams, work, love. You will have to answer truthfully, and whatever you answer will forever be lost to you. I know it is harsh, but you'll have to get through this. I know you are able to. Yes, the blue box sounds difficult, but the white box is by far the worst, even if it does not sound like it. The rule of the white box is simple. You must never open it, under any circumstance. It is, however, far from easy. You will be tempted and lured by the seeker. The white box is the only box he has any influence over. And those are the rules. Phew, that was a lot to write down, but at least you are prepared for tonight. Light your candle, paint your boxes, and get ready, because tonight is going to be awesome. Yeah, I had a good laugh before throwing the red letter into the paper trash bin, as any sane person would. I would regret it later. I checked my security camera for the front porch, set myself a cup of coffee, sat down, and began reading my newspaper. The kids in my neighborhood sure are pranksters. Some bits of the letter played in my mind, and I decided to check the time. 10.58am. I rolled my eyes. Sure, I'll humor myself and wait for the clock to strike 11am. 10.59. As if anything would happen. What the? Don't forget. The words were written in shadows on my table, and I looked around to find what could have caused them. When I looked back, they were gone. I was way too into that story now, and my mind was playing tricks on me. I think I'll stop reading so many horror stories. I ate my toast and made myself another cup of coffee. It's Sunday, so I won't have to hurry with anything. I read the news on my phone, and when I finished my second coffee, I started to do the dishes. My dishwasher won't be arriving until at least tomorrow, so I'll just have to do it myself. While I was doing the dishes, I saw some weird cracks in the tiles above the kitchen counter. I looked closer and started noticing a pattern. Come play, friend. Okay, now I was definitely creeped out. That did not have any logical explanation. I took the thin paper from the bin, but I still believed that it couldn't be true what the paper said. My friend apparently noticed my hesitation. I felt a stabbing pain in my arm, which lasted for almost a minute. I held my arm in pain, forgetting to even look what was causing it. I finally felt the pain die down to a dull burning. Then I felt something trickle down my arm and then drop under the paper I was holding. I finally looked. My arm was bleeding. At least that was the first thing I noticed. I then saw the markings. They looked like words. Wait, they were words. The rest were incoherent scribbles, like someone had been trying to write something but suddenly lost the ability to do so. 
it almost looked like a struggle, which fascinated me more than that there was something carved in my arm. Oh well, could have been the shock, I guess. Hey friend, have you decided to stop stalling and start playing? A jovial voice broke me out of my stupor. I looked around, but there was nobody there. What? I asked if you were done stalling. The voice sounded like it was right next to me, but I didn't see anyone. This was the final drop for me. Who the hell are you? Wait, better question. What the hell do you want? I like your words, my man. The voice quipped. But this is rather urgent. You have to sign the letter first. Just place a drop of your blood on it, and we can talk. And why should I trust a random voice in the sky? Well, if you want the seeker to come get you, then I will gladly let him. The prospect of another voice to come join, one that could most likely cause me the same destruction this voice has done, did not sit well with me. So, I got my arm and pressed it against the paper. The distorted words appeared in my blood at the bottom of the letter. Great, now that that's out of the way. I suddenly felt a rough hand on my shoulder, but the voice was still invisible. Much better, I heard him murmur. Now, like I said in my letter, he spoke in a louder voice, you must first go get a candle. I will start painting in the meantime. Wait, I called out as I heard the voice walk away. Wait, what exactly are you? You aren't human, that much is obvious. The invisible thing, whatever it was, had stopped walking, and I could feel its eyes on me. That boy is something I neither can nor want to answer. I can, however, tell you this. I felt him lean over to me. His breath was right in my face. You just entered a game with beings your eyes won't ever be able to comprehend. The trip to the store was short, and the only thing I got was the candle. I was tempted for a moment to get a white one, just to mess with the being, but I quickly threw away that thought. I already experienced what would happen if I didn't follow the rules, so I just did what I was told. What I saw when I got home, however, was not something I suspected. A floating paintbrush. It was doodling on some of the cardboard boxes, creating all sorts of weird symbols and scribbles. They almost looked like some sort of language. I placed my red candle on the kitchen table and sat down on a chair. What are you drawing? I decided to straight up ask. Glad you asked. See, these thingies here are mine. My pet and my house. And this here is... No, what is all the writing about? Oh, that. Just some phrases in my own language. Nothing to worry about. I could almost see its grin. He was obviously withholding some information from me. But I decided not to press. I just sat down in one of the chairs opposite the floating brush and started painting one of the boxes blue. At least it had been nice enough to set the different paints, brushes and boxes on my table, so I could start immediately. It was eerily silent while we painted, so I decided to try and make some conversation. So, um, do you play this game often? I straight up asked it. The doodling stopped for a moment, then continued onward. No. I normally don't get to play, it answered, a bit sullen. But this time is different. Now I have a buddy, and we will win for sure. 
I could feel its grin directed at me. A shiver went down my spine. Oh, well, that's great, I guess. I decided to try get some more answers from him. That seeker guy, what is he like? Are there some ways to trick him, or stall him, or deceive him? The being burst out laughing. I thought you were never going to ask, it hiccuped. Then it turned serious once again. There are some ways to trick him. He can't stand the candle, for example. Keep it in between his position and yours, if you know the general area of where he is, and he will not be able to find you. On the other hand, he can track you if you have any salt on you, or have eaten it. So that's what the rule is for. He will also try to get you to break the rules. He will try to trick you in every way possible, so be prepared. If you break even one of the rules, you will be in grave danger. If you break rule 13, he will win immediately, and your soul will be his. I continued painting while listening to him. Those rules are really important. One last question. I remembered the peculiar rule 13. Why must I never open the white box once the game has started? What will be inside of it? I can't say what is inside of it, or we have already lost, but I can tell you that it is not worth opening it and unleashing him upon us. Just try to forget it and you will be safe for the night. Great. Again, no straight answer. I knew better than to try peeking in it tonight. But damn, the temptation was so big. While I continued painting, I thought about what it had said. So the candle was like a barrier for the seeker. That's good to know. That way, I'll be able to keep him from getting to me. But the invisible thing here at my table was withholding something from me. The salt. There's something not quite right about what he said. He seemed kind of nervous about it. Maybe the salt can be used against himself. It was evening before I even knew it. I ate a quick dinner, which didn't taste too good because of the lack of salt in it. After that, I placed the boxes in the rooms. He placed the uncolored ones in the attic, basement, garden, and storage room, and I placed the colored ones in the bedroom, kitchen, living room, and bathroom. While I placed my boxes in the assigned rooms, I also looked up what kind of being my playing body could be. But from what I could find, I think it's some kind of ghost, or at least something close to that. It doesn't fit the exact description, but in the limited time I had, I couldn't find anything else that fit his characteristics. I suddenly heard a hiss come from the hallway. I walked out the kitchen I was in and saw a couple of boxes floating in front of the living room. What's wrong? I asked. That stupid flower over there. I hate primroses, so get that out of the house. No, it was a present from my mother. I got it yesterday from her. Do you want me to help you or do you want to play alone? It asked mockingly. Fine. I sighed. I'll set it on the front porch. Better? I picked the vase up and walked to my front door, which I opened. I set the vase down in front of it and closed the door again. Much better, it answered, and walked into the room. We prepared the rooms and garden, and then went to the living room. I sat down on the couch and watched some TV, while the being was doodling on some piece of paper. At 11.30pm, the being stopped doodling. It's time, was all it said. I nodded, turned off the TV, and stood up.
Let's get this show on the road, I responded. I got my red candle and placed the box of matches in one of my pockets of my jeans. After I lit the candle, I felt the being walk over to me and then stand next to me. It was at that moment that I realized I didn't even know its name, if it even had one. Do you have a name? I decided to ask bluntly. Well, of course, it's a bit long, so I'll just give you the name my friends normally call me. Dolor. Well, nice to meet you, Dolor, I said a bit mockingly. Dolor snorted, but didn't say anything else. We sat in silence for about 15 minutes before the candle suddenly lit up really bright. So bright, I had to shield my eyes with my hands. I had been anxious of what was coming all day, but a sudden calm swept over me for a second before the anxiety returned tenfold. My last spark of hope for all of this to be some kind of sick joke was extinguished. The room was dark again, and my eyes needed to adjust for a moment. Dolor spoke up. He starts as far away from us as possible, so he will be somewhere in the garden. But first, let's see what box has appeared here. Indeed, I almost forgot. We were in a room, so the box here was also switched. I walked to the table in front of the TV on which I'd placed the green box. A cardboard one had taken its place. Come on, open it, Dolor encouraged me. If you keep waiting, he'll find us for sure. I looked at the weird symbols on it and shivered. Something about the box was off, and I could feel it radiating from it. Still, knowing every second whatever being was in my garden was getting closer, I opened the box. Inside were a die and a piece of paper. I held the paper close to my candle, but not too close, and started reading. Roll the dice and get your prize. If you roll a one, you lose. Dolo will decide what you'll have to do. Two. Still not good, but hey, no one is perfect. You will have to wait here for five minutes. Three. At least you're getting somewhere. You will have to wait eight minutes. Four. Wow, that's pretty good. You will have to wait ten minutes now. Five. Great, that's a really high number. You will get to pick what kind of box will be in the next room you want to visit. Six. You win. Congrats. You can ask Dola one question and he will have to answer honestly. It can't be about the white box though. Good luck to you and Dolor. May the best player win. Oh, a game where you play against me. How exciting, Dolor crowed. I was a bit confused. Why did I have to wait longer if I got a higher number? Other than that, the prizes got better every time I went up a number. There was something wrong here, however. I did not want to ask Dolor. He's been pretty suspicious from the beginning, so I don't think he'll give me a completely honest answer. I picked up the die and looked at it closely, but I couldn't see anything unusual about it. Still, I wanted to be sure the game wasn't rigged. Do you mind if I throw it a few times before we start? I would like to know if this thing isn't rigged. Sure, go ahead, he giggled. But remember, the more time you waste, the closer he can get. I'd keep that candle between you and the door if I were you. He giggled again and got seated on the couch. At least, there was an imprint on the couch, so I think he sat down there. I threw the die a few times, and it seemed to act normal. Okay, 
I'm ready to start the game, I called out to Dolo. Great, was all the indication I got. From what I heard, he didn't sit up any straighter, or stood up and got over to the table. It almost seemed like he didn't care, or maybe even knew what was going to happen. I rolled the die a few times in my cupped hands, then threw it. It bounced on the table, rolled, and ended up with five dots at the top. A surprise sound came from Dolor, and I grinned. I had given the die a bit more of a spin than I did my previous throws, so most likely he'd been trying to influence the outcome. Well then, I guess I can pick the next box, I said casually. Dolor didn't make a sound. Let me see. You said the green box is the easiest? I think I'll pick that one. I heard him sigh quietly before saying in a cheerful voice, Good job, friend. Where do you want the box to be? Well, the kitchen is the closest room, so place it there. I heard a snap, and then, done. I could have chosen the cardboard box, but I knew I would also encounter at least two coloured ones. I definitely would not want to come across the blue one, and I don't have enough information about the white one to really want to encounter it. It sounds like something is really wrong with it, and I do not want to know what that is. Come on, hurry, let's go to the kitchen. Dolo was suddenly behind me, and shoving me to the door in a hurried manner. What? Why are you suddenly in such a hurry? I asked. His hands burned against the exposed skin of my left arm where he grabbed my wrist. The Seeker and I are kind of... sort of... linked. We can feel where each other is, at least the rough area. We can pinpoint the other's location to a five meter radius. Great, and you didn't tell me that earlier. Why exactly? It wasn't important. It sounded more like a question than an answer. But come on, we have to hurry. He's pretty close, most likely in the storage room. That was right at the end of the hallway, near the stairs. Damn. Is there no way to stop the link? I asked. There is one way to make it very difficult for him to find me. The candle has to be between him and me. But wait, I won't be able to sense him either if you do that. Too bad for you, I said, and walked towards the door with Dolor behind me. To the kitchen, quick. I'll follow close behind you. I kept the candle between me and the hallway. I heard him run in front of me while I kept the candle between our location and the Seekers. I saw a dim light glow from the end of the hall, but then I was in the kitchen and the door slammed close. Place the candle in front of the door, that way he'll think we aren't here and we'll go away in a few minutes. I did as I was told and placed the candle in front of the door. The light shone on my arms and I saw the angry red mark on my left wrist. I decided not to say anything about it, but more and more about Dolor seemed to be very wrong. Then I turned around and saw the green box placed on the kitchen table. I swallowed and hoped that the question would be as harmless as the game of the previous box. I grabbed the piece of paper from the box and sat down next to my candle. Would you rather A. Have your colleague Sam get an incurable illness which will make him die a horrible, long and painful death? Or B. Have your Aunt Lily lose her unborn child? It is your choice. Yeah, not so harmless after all. Aunt Lily is one of my favourite aunts and really sweet. I know she and my Uncle Philip have wanted a child for years. 
They were never able to have one before, but a few months ago she became pregnant by some miracle and they were overjoyed. It would crush her to lose the baby, even though her and my younger's relationship were sometimes a bit rocky, with her screaming in his face and the yelling back at her. They deserved the baby and seem to have left the fighting behind now. On the other hand, Sam is one of the people I dislike the most, maybe even hate a bit. He's insufferable and will do and say anything to make himself look good and make others lose face. His behaviour is, however, by far not enough to make me want to have him die such a horrible death. He did some good things, like raising funds for charity and helping local small businesses. Take your time, I don't need an answer immediately, but remember, you have 10 minutes. I looked in Dola's direction. And what if I don't choose? Then they will both happen. I don't have a shred of doubt that that would happen. He would definitely be able to do that. What should I do? In the end, my personal feelings won. I choose Sam to die. Snap. There. Was that really all that difficult? Dola asked mockingly. He was the bane of your existence. It's only natural you choose him. Still, such a choice is not up to me. So, where do we go next? You'll see, was all I said. I did not want him to know and possibly influence the game. I was starting to trust Dolor less and less. We were walking down the hallway. I was planning to go to the bedroom, but then we rounded the corner. A bright light shone down. I shielded my eyes and looked away, but then I heard Dola scream in agony. I looked towards the direction his voice came from, and then I saw it. He was visible now. I saw the horns, I saw the tail, I saw the red skin. Then he grabbed my arm and dragged me into the basement and slammed the door behind us. We both sat there, breathing heavily, while my mind tried to process what to do. Dola was invisible again and was clearly not focusing on me at the moment, so I school my expression into a confused one. Dolor did not need to know that I knew. What was that? I almost shouted. That, Dolor panted, was the Seeker. Man, that was way too close. Yeah, was all I said. I was shivering a bit, not because of our encounter with the Seeker, but because of Dolor's true form. Dolor thankfully thought it was because of the Seeker. Hey, we're safe here, so no worries. There's no need to be afraid of the big old Seeker here. Yeah, sure. Man, he was scary. I played along. That, he sure is, my friend. It's a good thing we could get to the basement in time. Here, place the candle on the door and we will look at the box. I did as I was told, then looked back at the box. It was the red one. Ooh, the red one. How exciting. Dolo crowed. He seemed to be enjoying himself way too much, and I was immediately on edge. And in the basement too. That's always a fun one. I could practically see Dolo bouncing in his place. Go on, open it. The dare of the basement, it read. The basement is the closest you'll get to my home. It also has the deepest connection. You'll have to make that connection even better. There's a bucket of red paint in this box, as well as a brush. The words you'll need to write are, Dedo mi inferno. Good luck.
What does that sentence mean? I asked, knowing that it couldn't be anything good. Nothing important, was all Dolo said. I knew I couldn't escape the task, so I began to write. The paint was a deep crimson colour and sparkled just a bit too bright to be paint. I wrote down the words, but made sure to leave one spelling mistake. Instead of dedo, I wrote deda. It looked almost the same, but Dolo still walked closer to me, and I felt him lean over my shoulder to look at the words more carefully. Then he walked away again, clearly a bit confused about something. Well, with that out of the way, let's go. He seemed a bit unsure, but he had made up his mind and decided we needed to get going. I let him step in front of me and the candle. He's somewhere outside. We can go to the storage room, and after that, upstairs. I stepped in front of him again, and we walked to the storage room. I saw something strange in the closet in the hallway. Dolor didn't seem to notice, so I swiftly took it from the closet and held it close to my candle, making it seem like I was staring at my candle. It was a wispy, glowing piece of paper. The title read, Rules to Escape the Box Game. As you've likely noticed by now, your friend, or Dola, as he likes to call himself, is not exactly human. I, the Seeker, am also not human. What you are participating in is a battle between heaven and hell, a battle for your very own soul. As you also have guessed by now, you are at the moment on hell's side. The demon is tricking you. If you try to escape with him now, you will die and he will take your soul. I have made you this set of rules so you can escape, but it's going to be difficult to get you out. Do as the rules say, and you should be able to come to me before your soul will be lost. Number 1. Dolor must never find out that you know the truth. He will try to take your soul, and I will most likely not make it in time to save you from that horrible fate. Number 2. The red candle will keep me away, while also making Dolor stronger. Do not set it near the door of the room you're in. Try to act as natural as possible and keep it away from the door. If you do not do this, then I won't be able to find you. Number 3. I will get you immediately once you open the door, but only if you could keep the candle away from the door the entire time you're in that room. The following rules will apply for you if you are not able to keep the candle away from the door. Number 1. There is one other way to escape. This, however, is much more difficult and dangerous. The most important thing is that Dolo does not find out that you know about the battle. He controls which boxes will appear, and he will do everything in his power to make the white box not appear. This is extremely difficult for him, so he will not do this if he can avoid it. But if he knows that you know, you will leave him no other choice. You will be stuck until you hand over your soul to him. Number 2. The white box can only appear in certain rooms and will appear at least once during the game. The rooms in which it can appear are the bedroom, bathroom and the attic. Nowhere else. So, try to get to these rooms as fast as possible. Every box you have to complete which isn't the white box is one too many. If you already completed all the coloured boxes, including the white one, then I am sorry but there is nothing I can do for you anymore. Number 3. This step is the most difficult. 
when you are in a room with a white box, you will have to open it. This may seem simple, but it is the hardest rule. Dola will try to stop you as soon as he knows what you are trying to do. He cannot kill you, nor will he be able to possess you, but only if you haven't completed the red box's task successfully. If you have, just pray, it'll be a swift death. Number 4. If you have not completed the red box, Dolor will not be able to kill you, but he'll still be able to harm you. You've most likely seen him do something to your house, or even yourself, before you agreed to start the game. He will harm you again, and use many illusions to trick you, but he cannot make you blind to the box. Just remember, whatever you have to go through to open the box is better than not opening it. If you go against Dolo's rules, he will try to kill you, or make you surrender your soul. If you go against any other rule than the white box rule, he can kill you. Good luck. Great. I only have to choose between going to heaven or going to hell. Easy choice, right? Except, I don't want to die. I have a life here, with amazing friends, a fine job and a beautiful girlfriend. So why would I give all of this up? There has to be a way for me to survive, right? As I thought about the very few possibilities I had, I walked into the storage room with Dolor. He shut the door behind me before I could come up with a plan to go to the upper floor rooms first. Thankfully, there was a cardboard box in this room. I think Dolor thought it to be suspicious to have three colored boxes, one after the other, in the rooms. Ah, a cardboard box, he exclaimed. Now that I knew about his secret, I could finally hear the tiny hint of a mocking tone in his voice. Well then, let's see what's inside, I replied, keeping my voice neutral. I don't want to be stuck in here any longer with that seeker guy following us. I had to keep up the facade. He fell for it completely. Yeah, he's creepy man. Go on, open the box. I walked up to it, keeping the candle in my hand, and looked at it. I saw some drawings of food and gravestones on it. Great, I knew where this was going. Don't forget, place the candle in the front door, otherwise the seeker will find us. Damn. I placed the candle at the door, and took the box there too. I opened the box, and saw a piece of paper at the top. I grabbed that first, and started reading. Welcome to Russian Roulette, but Dolor style. Here are six different foods, some perfectly safe, and some poisoned with a deadly poison, which you can't smell, taste, or see. Now, I know Russian Roulette only has one bullet in it, but something like that would make this game way too easy. Don't worry, I didn't make it that hard. I ain't that cruel, but I did make it a bit more difficult. Half the foods are poisoned. You get to choose one food and have to eat it whole. Have fun. There are indeed six foods in the box. An apple, a pear, a peach, an orange, a banana and last, a couple of strawberries, all in the same plastic box. Strawberries are my favourite food, but I knew Dolor would most likely know that and poison them. The banana also stood out, since the other foods are round, so I didn't choose that one either. If I was corrected, then there would only be one last poison food. Then I remembered. The forbidden fruit in the Bible was an apple, so most likely that one was also poisoned. I hesitated a bit, but 
decided to go for the orange. I'll pick the orange, I said. Suit yourself, Dolor answered indifferently. I picked up the orange and started to eat it. After I ate it whole, Dolor clapped. Well done. At least he didn't pick any of the poison foods, so we can continue playing, he said cheerfully. But I could hear the disappointment. I don't think killing me is the only thing the poison was supposed to do. I let Dolor scout for the seeker again, who he found to be in the garden, and we went upstairs. My heart started to beat faster as we reached the top of the stairs. Let's go to the bathroom first, I decided. Okay, great, but hurry up. The seeker is coming. We hurried inside and shut the door. I placed the candle in front of it, knowing that if I didn't, Dolor will start to suspect me. Then, I turned around. There was the blue box. The box stood on the sink, which made it all the more creepy. My reflection looked at me in the mirror above the sink. The candle in the background made me appear as more of a shadow, a blank space. I didn't see one shadow, however. I saw two. The other shadow suddenly looked humanoid, but there were some big differences with mine. I immediately knew it. To be Dolor's. Yes, I always loved that blue box. The shadow spoke. It's so... interesting. I'd hoped we wouldn't encounter it, I mumbled. I'd hoped that Dolor would have chosen the white box and I could have finished the game then and there. But no, he had to do the blue box first. He really thought I had no clue about the secret of the white box and no way of getting to know it. Come on, open it. I want to see what's inside. Dolor whined. Okay, stop whining. I looked at the box and gulped. I remember the rule. I will lose something. I opened the box. A little piece of paper sat neatly folded on the bottom with a red ribbon tied around it. I untied the ribbon and unfolded the paper. You know the rules, so here is your question. What is the one thing you would never want to lose? I stared at the paper, dumbfounded. Wait, what does it mean by that? It could be anything, Dolo sang. An object you can't live without. Maybe the ring your wife gave you on a dying bed, or something not material. A quality you are proud of that you couldn't bear to lose. Kindness, supportiveness, whatever you want. I knew the answer to that question. I also knew that, if I didn't answer it correctly, then I would lose the game. I had to think of a way out of it. The one thing I would not want to lose. Tick-tock, your time is starting to run out, Dola grinned. If you don't answer in time, you will... lose. The air started to grow colder with those words. I frantically racked my brain for a solution, but couldn't find any. I started panicking further, which, of course, didn't help me get my answer. Ten. Nine. Eight. Dola droned. My humanity, I finally sobbed. I couldn't bear to live without my humanity. There, that wasn't so difficult, right? I started to feel a strange sensation all over me. Then, the panic started to ebb away. The hate started to fade, 
the sadness disappeared. In its place was a strange nothingness, a void. It didn't feel wrong or uncomfortable. It didn't feel comfortable either. Humanity, Dolo said, as you thought of it, is the ability to feel and decide what's right and wrong. Morals, feelings, those define humans from animals. That's what you, like many people, thought. Right? Wrong? Why can't I remember the definition of those words? But there is so much more potential, Dolo went on. Humans are smart and wicked. Take away the morals, and they are finally complete. I saw Dola's shadow in the mirror, approaching me from behind. He laid his clawed hands on my shoulders. Rationality, making decisions without being biased by emotions. No human can truly reach this, because they do not have emotions. They are biased. They make decisions to ensure the survival of their group, of their loved ones. Love and emotion. I nodded. What he's saying sounds true, I thought. You will not have this problem. You will be free. I felt nothing. I simply nodded. I have a question for you. Do you know of the Seeker's rules? I just nodded again. It was no use lying. He would know and would kill me. Dolo's form became darker and returned to how it looked before. Do you agree with them? He then asked, his voice sounding intrigued. No, I do not, was my honest answer. I elaborated. It does not seem fit for me to die. Therefore, I do not agree with the Seeker's rules. Do you think he's in his right, though? No, I do not. But he is an angel, as you most certainly know now. I do, however, think he does not possess the right to take my life. Dolor fell silent for a moment. Then he spoke up again. You know, he's the reason you're in this game. When a person is supposed to die, there are a few ways to judge them. The angels get to choose, and he chose this as your trial. I simply nodded again. That would make sense. Would you want revenge? Make him pay for his choice. Revenge. Sounded nice. I felt something well up. A need. A need for blood. Blood of the destroyer of my life. Revenge, I said with a wicked grin. Revenge does sound great. I knew I was biased now, but this kind of bias was good. That's what Dolo said. That's how it feels. The nothingness is good, but this is great. We made our plan. The Seeker has a weakness. He can't stand demon blood. As you know, that won't be difficult to get. But the hard part is getting close to the Seeker without raising suspicion. He knows I wouldn't let you go without intentions bad for him. And he knows I would know if you tricked me. I would also not let you go then. So there is no way to get him to come to us without me getting taken by him? I asked. There is a way you can get close to him. You remember the white box? I nodded. You have to open it. I... what? I asked. The nothingness returned. Is Dolo really this stupid? 
You do know I'll still be taken then, right? I asked him sarcastically. Not if everything goes according to plan, Dollar answered. Seeing that I didn't understand, he started explaining. The only safe way for him to come is if you open the box. He will think that you followed his instructions, thus believing you to be on his side. If you throw some of the demon blood on him at the exact moment he arrives, then he will have no way of defending. You'd win. Needless to say, we set that plan into action. We went to my bedroom, and I even kept the candle from the door. Then I waited a few minutes before I opened the box. The effect was immediate. The candle flickered, while the box started to glow a starry white. Then the seeker started to slowly rise from the box. He was big, way too big to fit through the box, but he did. I stared for a moment, dumbfounded to finally see him, but then Dolos screamed and my thoughts went back to reality. I grabbed the little bottle of Dolos blood I had extracted and threw it all over the seeker. With a loud screech, he started to sink back into the box. I just stood next to the box, watching him scream in agony. That's for getting me into this mess. So, I guess that means I'm going to hell, right? I turned towards Dolo, directing my questioning gaze towards him. I was a bit surprised when he started laughing. No, man. I told you, I had a way to get you out of this. The blue box was part of that. Having you lose your morals was the only way to make sure you would be able to do the next part. The next part? Someone can be introduced to the game in two ways. As I said in my letter, anyone who knows of the game becomes part of the box game. I had to introduce you via my letter. That's how you got to know about it. But humans can spread the news too. If you tell someone about it and its rules, that person becomes part of the game. If someone learns about it, they become part of the game. I want to make a deal with you. What is it? As you know, the losers of the game belong to hell. To me. The more souls I have, the stronger I become. I need souls, and to get them, they have to lose the game. That's why I kept you around. Why you're not in hell right now. I need someone to collect souls to play. For every soul you tell about the game, doesn't matter how, via a conversation, an article, or a post, you get to live another year. Do we have a deal? As you can see, I've made my choice. I will live. Will you, though? Let's find out tonight, in your box game. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.